if you have your Bibles, you can turn them to Acts 13. We're going to read a couple verses together tonight. And also, if you can, if you could put a little uh, slip of paper, a bookmark in Psalm 63, that's what we're going to close tonight with. So, so we'll go there. Uh, we, you know, we're on this series on prayer. I think it was kind of cool. That was a different worship set than I've ever experienced, but I was like, man, it's fitting for, you know, we're growing in prayer, and especially last night or last week, talking about resting, resting prayer, centering prayer, learning to receive the love of God, and I think he's wanting to cement that more deeply into us as a community. Uh, tonight, uh, I'm going to talk about adoration, and, you know, last week we talked about resting prayer. Tonight, I'm going to talk about what I will coin uh, adoration. And Acts 13, verses 2, says this. Uh, while they, which is the leaders of the Antioch church, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then when they laid their hand, they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on him, they sent them away. So the term I want to focus on here is while they were ministering to the Lord. Uh, it's quite a privilege that we have the opportunity, the invitation to actually minister unto the Lord. Uh, our highest ministry, our first ministry is not to people, it's to Jesus. And uh, this, the principle you know, outlined here in Acts 13 is that vertical ministry is to proceed horizontal ministry. And so I'd say in prayer, the same principle is true. Vertical uh, ministry, uh, which would be uh, receiving his love, which we talked about last week. And then now adoration this week is then offering him your love. Vertical uh, proceeds horizontal. And next week we're going to talk about intercession and the week following praise, which is intercessions dealing with praying for people, uh, standing in the gap. Uh, but last week was about receiving his love. And now we're going to talk about what do we do in reply to his love. Uh, we're told that we to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Uh, that's the great commandment. We want to be a great commandment people. And so uh, we can't love. We love because he first loved. So last week we talked about receiving his first love. This week we're going to talk about being a great commandment, uh, fulfilling the great commandment in prayer. So uh, buckle up. We'll see where Jesus takes us, huh? So adoration precedes intercession. Uh, vertical ministry precedes horizontal ministry. I define adoration uh, as expressing the passion of your heart to Jesus. All right, so very simple. It's expressing the passion of your heart to Jesus. So uh, one of my core convictions, I love that uh, Jody was up here painting tonight, is that uh, prayer is actually art. Uh, it's not science. It's not formulaic. Uh, it's art. Right? You can't quantify prayer. You can't quantify things like passion. You can't quantify vulnerability. You can't quantify love. Right? It just has to be experienced. Right? It has to be created. Uh, and art, prayer is art. Right? And I've, uh, I've heard people, you know, they'll say things sometimes such as, you know, why do I have to pray if God knows what I'm going to say. Has anybody ever thought that before? Yeah, we got one honest dude in the room. Come on. 
right? That is, that's talking about, that's a scientific question. That's trying to analyze prayer, and we're lacking an understanding of the creative process and the value of creativity in prayer. And so when it comes to adoration, uh, we're not just doing something that's formulaic. We're not just having some type of, you know, duty or black and white response, what I should say, what I'm supposed to pray. There's no such thing as what you're supposed to pray or what you should pray. It's, it's expression. It is adoration. And it comes uh, from uh, creativity. Right? In Ecclesiastes 5, it says, uh, don't be hasty in word or impulsive in thought to bring up a matter in the presence of God. Right? And sometimes uh, we, we are very hasty and impulsive in the way that we pray. Right, so I spent last week, and I feel like God kind of wanted to preach the sermon again and worship tonight. Like The first thing we do, our first priority, is to receive. We can't do anything until we've received his inspiration, his love, his passion filling our hearts. Right? And I would equate it to, uh, you know, Jody didn't just come to the canvas and say, okay, I'm going to paint, and then just, like, starts painting, right? She didn't just kind of slap something on. It wasn't impulsive, Right? She walked up to this canvas with this sense of inspiration. She saw something. Right, She was wanting to craft something of beauty. Are you following me? Right? So in prayer, it's no different. We don't just come to God and just spew anything that comes to my mind and blah, 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 blah. Because you, know, you could pray and pray and pray and pray for like five million years about five million things. Right? How much is there to pray for in the world? There's like a lot. Right? And it's like how many colors are there? A lot, right? But you don't do all the colors if you're going to craft something, right? You have to uh, come with the sense of inspiration. So when we're receiving his love, we're actually receiving his heart. And when we're receiving his heart, he's filling us. He's saturating us with him, with his desires, with his passion, with his inspiration. Are you following me? So now I can come into this place of adoration. I can come to this place where now it's my turn to express myself in this prayer dynamic, and I have something beautiful to offer. I have love within me. My whole being, my soul, this creative faculty within me has been anointed with God himself, and now I have the privilege of being able to express this love that's within me back to him. Okay, this is, this is what adoration is, All right? And so when I say prayer is art, I'm going to demonstrate it with this example. Uh, I don't grocery shop. Can I get an amen? I'm doing real good to take care of myself on a weekly basis, right? But my mom growing up, my mom's the cook, always was grocery shopping, always really kind of doing everything, actually, taking care of me and my brothers. And so I want you to imagine a scenario. And I know this scenario is like, it's, it's an imagination for my mom, because I don't think this has ever actually happened. But I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine she went shopping, with, got all these ingredients, and stocked the fridge. Okay, this part's real. This happens all the time, right? And the refrigerator is just full of food. Right, So she drops them off in the afternoon. She leaves and says goes and runs some errands. And on her way home, uh, you know, she's racing back in time because she knows you know, dinner's at 6.30 and she's got to get up there and make a meal. So she's racing home. She walks in the door. And as she walks in, she's stunned because she smells something good. Right? Like she smells, it smells like dinner. It smells like food. Right? And I want you to imagine this. 
she walks in, and me and my two brothers are there cooking a gourmet meal. In all its beauty and aroma, and the table is perfectly set, and all she has to do is sit down and come into this feast. What would my mom be feeling? Shock, awe. We might have to pick her up off the floor, right? She's going to be moved. She would not be thinking, well, I bought all those ingredients. That's how the Lord, she's like, well, I bought those ingredients. That doesn't mean anything. See, that's, that's how the Lord, hang on. That meal is something more than just the raw material of ingredients. Right? Like that meal has been, has been all these raw ingredients, then were added human creativity and love. We're implemented into these raw ingredients, and something altogether more beautiful and more amazing was created. Are you following me? That dinner meant something more than just the food. Right? So God, yeah, he knows what we're going to pray. He knows the inspiration. He knows the words. He's got all the ideas. He's God. Right? He gave us all the ingredients. Every time we receive his love, he stocks the refrigerator of our hearts. But that does not mean that what we create has no value. That does not mean that we don't move him with what we can do in prayer. Because we do and we can. Just like when my mom imaginarily would walk in the door to this beautiful heavenly scene. That is the invitation that we have. That's the freedom we've been given in Christ Jesus when we receive the anointing and the love of God. We have been poised. We've been positioned. We have the potential to put our soul and engage in such a way that we create something more than what he put within us. Because he loves us. We take everything he stocked, everything he put in our heart, and then we create something beautiful called adoration, and we give it back to him. This is cool, right? It says that God values these things, these prayers, so much that he puts them right in front of his throne. It's an altar of incense that rises and perfumes where he sits and rules from. That's how much he loves. That's how much he values what we are able to create. Right? So we are creating something in prayer that is very unique to each one of us. We have all been given this ability to express ourselves fully to God. And when we do that, it moves his heart. It, it touches him. David won the heart of God. Right? Man can commune with God. Man can somehow, we can, we can create, even if it's just a wisp of smoke, we can communicate in such a way that it actually changes up there. Wow. This is amazing. But it's not a formula. It's not science. It's art. We're creating something beautiful, creating something valuable. Right? And when I say it's art, that doesn't mean that God's an art critic saying, that one's beautiful, that one's not, that one's not. That will be in my bowl of incense. That will not be. <laughs> right? He is not an art critic. He's a father. And he loves everything his kids make when we put our heart into it. What makes prayer beautiful is passion. 
not, not performance, not our theological understanding, not our mastery of the Bible, not, 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 you know, not all these things that we often think prayer is. He just wants to see, that's Jordan. That's Jordan. You know, the amazing thing in the creative process is you always are creating out of who you are. You're putting a piece of yourself into what you create. Right? We were up at the retreat. The Lord told me to take the staff to a, a what's it called, Mountain Monet. It's like a little pottery place. You know, you pick, pick a piece, paint it, and then they put it in the, you know, they fire it up, and it's like pottery. And uh, anyways, it was, it was, it was super uh, it was super interesting as everyone's, uh, you know, I watched, and everybody created some, something that was very different, but we were commenting on the ride home. I think me and Jamie and my mom were talking, and Jamie was like, you know, each, each one we made, it, like, that was so Susanna. That was so you, Robin, and that was so you, George. Like, it's because we create out of who we are. It's an expression of ourselves, and God loves our hearts. He made them. So we have this uh, privilege, this opportunity to get stocked, our refrigerator stocked, but then to sow our time, our passion, our language, our love into communication with God, create something that he puts right in front of his face. So I want to talk about passion, because passion is what makes prayer beautiful. And passion uh, actually has a best friend, and it never goes anywhere Without his best friend, his best friend's name, Vulnerability. Can I get an amen? amen? Who just gets stoked when Vulnerability? Two people. Uh, they always show up together. You don't get passion without vulnerability. It necessitates it. Right? Expressing passion requires vulnerability. Because passion is your heart. It's who you are. Right? And Jesus has fire in his eyes. Jesus is the most passionate person that we'll ever deal with ever engage with, ever be in relationship with, and he's made us in his image. So there is passion with each and one of us. It will be expressed very differently, but it must be expressed nonetheless. I started, you know, wanting to pray. I, I told you uh, last week I started spending time and learning to receive the love of God. And what I found was as I began giving myself permission to rest in his presence, letting him love me, something in my, inside my heart just started welling up for him that I couldn't control. And it was passion. I didn't know necessarily to call it passion, but it was just, there's just something stirring in me, right? My refrigerator was getting stocked with this passion. All of a sudden I found, whoa, like, whoa, this is, it would ooze out sometimes in conversations. I'd be like, that's weird, but... It makes me uncomfortable, but it's good. Like, I just, I found myself finding passion for the things of God, for the presence of God. Uh, but I also found that as particularly speaking to prayer and adoration, I would start spending time, I would rest in his love, I would start learning to receive his love, and then all of a sudden, I would find, well, this passion's inside me, my heart start beating, but then I found this resistance because I didn't like passion's friend named Vulnerability, and so I was like, well, I feel this passion, but I don't know what to do with this passion. This makes me uncomfortable, right? Anybody can relate to this? All right, I'm glad I'm in a room full of people that understand what I'm talking about. That makes it much easier. But so I'm in this dilemma, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I feel passion, but I don't really want to express passion, and I'm not sure what to do. And honestly, like, people... 
you think it, I don't really like being vulnerable in front of a whole bunch of people. Sometimes people think I like it. I don't. Uh, but I learned this. Because, but vulnerability freaked me out. I mean, I was the most, like, shut, emotional person you would have known as a 17-year-old. I was shut. I was not vulnerable. I was the opposite of vulnerable. My mother scared me to death most of my childhood because I didn't know what she was going to have me share or say about me in front of me, in front of other people that I don't know. Seriously, think I'm just, she'd show up in her little blue scooter in places with my friend. I'm like, I love you, but I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> vulnerability, right? So I had mixed emotions about what I thought of vulnerability. The flip side, the redemption, is that my mother always pursued me. She was always trying to teach me vulnerability, whether I liked it or not. Anytime I was hurting, anytime I was upset, just tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what you're feeling. Ah! I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Why are you torturing me with my emotions? Right? I didn't get it. I didn't get it at all growing up. I didn't get it until all of a sudden I started receiving the love of God, started having this passion. Whew. I don't know what to do with vulnerability. I don't, I don't know if I'm able to actually externalize what I'm feeling internally because I'm scared. Vulnerability intimidates me. And as I'd sit in this place, in the strangest way, it was like God was manifesting as my mother, <laughs> trying to draw me out of myself into vulnerability. Because my mother's motivation was she was trying to teach me how to cultivate intimacy which requires vulnerability, which requires passion being expressed. I've got to give you my heart before I can actually be known by you. And God met me in this place, and he began to pursue my emotions and start ever so subtly drawing me out into self-expression. It made me extraordinarily uncomfortable, but I felt loved. It felt like what my mom used to do. <laughs> tell me what you're feeling. It's like, God, tell me what you're feeling, Jordan. All right, and this is practically, I'm trying to be practical here these weeks. This is what it started looking like. Well, this was the first one. Jordan, I want you to sing to me. <laughs> My experience singing in church was I'd be standing there like this in worship, and my mom would go, sing. <laughs> so this is what I do. How great the Lord. Like I'd start, I'd start opera, making fun of it, and she'd just give me the dirtiest look. And I'd be like, then I'd go back to this. That was worship for me growing up. So now I'm sitting in a prayer chapel by myself with this passion inside me like going nuts. And God's saying, sing it to me. <laughs> What the heck? Whoa. <laughs> I remember the night I first just let my mouth go, let my tongue go, and I just started singing awkwardly, <laughs> sporadically. I'd say things like, what did you just sing? That doesn't even, that doesn't even rhyme. <laughs> stupid. I felt stupid. I felt so foolish, but something in my heart started coming alive, and I, I couldn't shake it. Pretty soon, I couldn't stop singing. Pretty soon, I would just wait to get in places where I was alone where nobody could hear, so I could just sing 
to the Lord. There was such liberty I found as I began to express myself, my passion in adoration to Jesus. I began, something came alive. It was like, wow, I'm created for this. When I started reading the Bible, I'm like, man, sing to the Lord's everywhere. How did I miss that? All right, next progression for me, I uh, spent you know, a lot of time in college in a little prayer chapel. And there was a little, like, like a little tiny piano keyboard. It wasn't very nice that someone just kind of donated and left in there. And I don't play piano. And I remember I was sitting there praying, and the Lord said, I, I want you to play me a song on the piano. <laughs> and this is an embarrassing message to talk about. And, and I was just like, Lord, I don't play piano. And he was just like, I want you to play me a song. So I'm like, all right, Lord, <laughs> here I go. You know, just it doesn't work. That would have been perfect. Oh, and at first I'm like, this is the sounded, right? And so I just start playing piano. And at first I'm like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. But I knew it was like the Lord's drawing me. No, give me your heart. Put your heart into that piano. And I was just like, I don't know how to play. And he's like, I don't care. And pretty soon, just lost myself. I spent hours, honestly, hours, just banging those keys in the most probably unmusical way, you know? But it didn't matter. Something in me was like, I'm coming alive, God. Like, I was creating art that was beautiful. And it's like, you know, when like a two-year-old draws a picture, Dad, this is you. <laughs> I've, in theory, I've heard this. I've seen this. I don't have a two-year-old. <laughs> You know, but it's so, it's so, pre I was looking, I'm like, yeah, you know, you're, I think you're, yeah, it looks all right. You know, but the parents aren't, you're not faking. It means something because it expresses your baby. And I felt like a baby, but I knew it blessed him. I was creating art that he values, which is passion, not performance, passion. Um, it's been vulnerable so far. It's about to get more vulnerable. Uh, next stage on my progression, um, I was in a prayer chapel all by myself, and the Lord said, I, I want you to dance for me. <laughs> no, I'm an introvert. That's just for the Lord. When I tell you I didn't sing, that was true. When I tell you I don't play the piano, that was true. When I tell you... I didn't dance. That's like an absolute statement. <laughs> like, I honestly was sick to my stomach. I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, it was like literally I felt like the, you know, the whole world surveillance system was suddenly on me. Like, no, I know I'm on the Truman Show right now, <laughs> and everybody's watching. <laughs> uh, it was extraordinarily, extraordinarily vulnerable. Um, and as I'm sitting there like, oh, I don't know, uh, all I could think was, uh, was the Lord just said, David danced before me. He wasn't afraid to be undignified. Are you a man after my heart? I was like, all right, it's on now. <laughs> I'm going to dance like you've never seen before. <laughs> And I, and I just, I began to, you know, probably very awkwardly 
um, but extraordinarily passionately and vulnerably. Just do what I could. You can, I want my body to give you praise too. And again, it was like something came alive. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't dance every day before the Lord, but there are times um, when he just draws me into a place. He just says, just disclose yourself to me. Because it moves him. It moves his heart every time. And probably the most raw moment I've ever had with God in my life, I was uh, in Jerusalem and I was staying in a parsonage of a church and it had a big roof that looked over the old city. And um, it was early and late at night, early in the morning, I'm not sure. And it was literally as if God just drew me. I was like, pretty soon I was like, in my pajamas, just walking out onto the roof. I don't really know how or why I was out there. And I was barefooted. And it was just like, it was as if I've never been more unhindered in my whole life. And I just begin to dance before the Lord. I don't really like sharing this. But in those moments, like, it was as if there was no separation between heaven and earth. I just knew I was in the, the presence of God. There's rocks all over the roof. I don't even remember feeling them. I was just lost in this place of, of the most vulnerable and passionate worship adoration that I know how to engage in for me. For some people, it's like, that's not even vulnerable. Great, something else is. But uh, as I'm in this place of worshiping, I was like, Lord, what am I doing right now? And he said, you're interceding. He's like, I'm using this to, as intercession. And I was just like, I don't know what that means, but I'm lost in this place. And go back to bed probably after, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes. And I wake up in the morning to an email. And it was from a, a man, thank you, a man in my, in my last church that I grew up in. And he, my cousin, it was Easter Sunday. My cousin was a drug addict, and he was sharing his testimony uh, and getting baptized on Easter Sunday. And he was sharing at the church, and when he shared, the Spirit of God fell upon the church, and uh, like I think it was like 50 people ended up spontaneously getting baptized in their Easter best, and they literally had to redo the floors because the water seeped into the floor because so many people got baptized. Johnny and Nikki, if they're here, they, Johnny got baptized that day. And uh, I woke up to an email that said, you have no idea what happened. Da, 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 da. And I looked at it, and then I literally did the time difference, and it was the exact, like, 45-minute block of time that I was on the rooftop, lost in this place of worship. The Lord just decided, I don't, I don't know how that all works, to be honest, uh, but I knew. It was like, I was with you. Uh, it was with me, and it was so, it was so profound uh, that I woke up the next night, and I was like, I got I to gotta try that again. So I walk out. As soon as I walk out, I just am like, okay, how do I dance like that again? And as soon as I like literally walk out the door, the other guy that was staying in the house with us was doing some aquaponic stuff on the other side of the roof, shot up on the other side, and he was smoking a cigarette. He's like, hey, 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 good night. How you doing? And immediately I knew <laughs> he, he was sitting there <laughs> the night before. <laughs> Do 
So I went from the most unhindered experience of my life to I just was like, I got to get a poof. <laughs> oh, man, I just was like, I got to get alone right now. It's like that hot feeling all over your body. Yeah, I'm that weirdo. So when I say vulnerability, I mean it. And people are getting a kick out of this. I, didn't, I, I wasn't preparing a funny sermon, but I guess we got one. Uh, my point in all of this is that for each one of us, uh, there are always new places of vulnerability and passion that the Lord's drawing us to. And uh, this is very biblical what I'm speaking of. Uh, the man that won the heart of God, King David, uh, this was his life. This is how he won it. He gave himself again and again and again, and expressed himself fully to God. He created you with a capacity to, to receive his love and then create something that's so beautiful, he just sticks it right in front of him. He looks at it, and he's, that's, that's Jody. That's Jody's heart. I, ma- I made that heart. Look, look, angels, hey, look. There's Jody's heart. Look. Look, I, I made her. Look, I made that. Right? It gets him. He just gets excited. It's like, are you kidding me? I want to get God excited. I want to I move his heart in such a way that I capture his heart, that I captivate him. I want to win his heart. I've made that very clear again and again. I'm after your heart, God. And so in whatever way that I can express my heart to you, I'm going to do it. I'm going to find it. I'm going to search it out. I'm going to give myself to you fully, unhindered, no matter how foolish it makes me feel. It still makes me foolish, feel foolish. I don't care. There's only one time he asked me to dance in front of people, and it was extraordinarily uncomfortable. It would still be to this day. It kind of freaks me out sometimes. <laughs> Just being honest. But uh, ultimately, he knows I'll say yes. I'll say yes. Uh, If you have your Bibles, I'm going to close with Psalm 63. And this is just a psalm where uh, you can see the adoration of the heart of David that he had for his God. So David's in the wilderness. Uh, He's not in a good season of life. He's most likely running from Saul. Uh, He's afraid. He's got all these things going on. But he he demonstrates that uh, adoration, vertical, precedes horizontal. So I want you to watch the flow of this psalm. Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Thus I've seen you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you 
So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings, I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Just spends this time. He's expressing himself. Nothing. He's just, he's just trying to just express something. Pour something out. You can't, it's the passion. Your loving kindness is better than life. Those are inspired words. Right? His, his refrigerator's stocked. He's got these ingredients, but he's like, how do I, how do I, how do I put these together? How do I put these together in a way that can give it back? Oh, it's better than life. Your love's better than life. Your love, oh God, is better than life. Oh, it's beautiful. These are David's prayers, you know, and then he goes on. He starts praying about his situation, which is legitimate. We're going to go there next week. But we got to spend time and start becoming artist in our prayer. Start, start, what is in me, right? What, what do I have? God, how do I, how do I create something? How do I put words? How do I, how do I put actions? How do I, what do I do to express myself in a way that says, I love you with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my strength, with all my soul, I just want to tell you again and again and again, I love you. That's how we minister unto the Lord. That's how we bless him. It's, it's, it's hard for me to understand how we bless him so much, but we do. How we have the privilege to minister to him, but we do. It's our highest ministry. It's our highest priority. And it precedes intercession. It precedes going out. It's just learning to be here until he pushes us there. And so that's my prayer tonight in sharing these words. It's a simple message. Uh, but my prayer is that we'd be a people of, uh, who fulfill the first commandment a people of lavish adoration, a people that are unhindered in our passion, that we break through our, our fears, our discomforts, and express ourselves to God in the way that we were intimately and uniquely created to. For some people, it's physically, it's creating art. For some people, it's song. For some this, that. For some people, it's poetry. For some people, it's there's no this, that, it doesn't, there's no form, it's, it's art. But what makes it beautiful is passion. And you have passion that God is jealous for. So I urge you tonight, give it to him. Search yourself, find it, and give it to him. So I'm going to, I'm going to close in prayer. Um, but before I pray, I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to invite the worship team up, and 
I'm just going to let it be silent for just a, a few minutes. And in the silence, I just want you to engage with God and ask him very specifically, you know, what does it look like for me to journey deeper into adoration? And let him show you. Let him draw you. Uh, it's not about following what I just shared. That was my journey. It's not a formula. Uh, it may be the same for you, but it may be incredibly different. So the worship team is just going to play for just a couple minutes, and then I'll close in prayer. So just... Uh, So, Lord, we turn our hearts to you. We ask you to whisper in this time. We don't want to use our freedom as an opportunity for the flesh or look at freedom as like we have a green light to go do whatever we want, God. We want to use this freedom to worship you. We want to use this freedom to express ourselves in a way, God, that enters into your very throne and captures 
your heart, God. We thank you for forming us in such a way, God, uniquely, beautifully, fearfully. You formed us in the inward depths, God, in the very place of your passion. You created us, God. You expressed yourself when you formed us in the depths of your wisdom, God. And Lord, we just say tonight, we want to be a people that express ourselves fully in reply, God. We want to we wanna go past the, the, the fears, God, and the lines and the sand and the stigmas that we've put upon ourselves, God. And even the, the curse that we speak over ourselves all the time that I'm not creative. God, we are creative because we're made in your image. God, we are creative because we are like you. And so God, anoint this creative ability, this creative faculty within our hearts. God, come and fill it with your love. Come and fill it with the inspiration of your desire, God. And somehow, Holy Spirit, move on us in such a way that we can worship Jesus with all our heart, God, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strength, God. Flood us with divine wisdom that we can create words and beauty and this art, God, this heavenly art that captures your heart, God. We're a people that are after your heart, God. in our weakness. Help us in our discomfort. Help us, God. And liberate us to be the intimate worshipers of Jesus that we were designed for, God. Hearts of adoration, God. Awaken hearts of adoration. Awaken a heart of adoration in this house. Of Davidic worship, God. Where we learn how to spend ourselves at your feet, God. God, where we look for ways to lavish you with praise. It's like a Mary, God. Who couldn't contain the passion of her heart. I imagine she felt very scared and she came with that vial of expensive perfume, Lord. I imagine she was shaking. I imagine she thought there was no rule book that said you should do this. But she did it, Lord, and she captured your heart. And you proclaimed that story throughout generations. So God, here we are. Here we are, God. Take us deeper. I ask in your precious name.